Well, praise the Lord and welcome to the broadcast today. This is the Old Path Bible Study and I'm Pastor Curtis Hutchinson. Glad to be with you today. We are probably not streaming on the page. We should be, but there are technical difficulties, of course, as almost always. And uh, But we do have an avenue and I pray God that we are uh, streaming to you and that we'll get it in the other avenues. We are beginning last night using a new Crossway Church Facebook page and it is just Crossway Church Queen City, Texas. And uh, you'll find it. It's the one with the picture on it. I think my picture's on it and it says we march on. So that's the oh, that's the first uh, Facebook page our church has really ever had. I've had a couple of pages but never a church page so go there, like it, follow it, whatever you have to do to, to get alerted when we go live. It's, it'll be the avenue through which all of our worship services and these teaching sessions eventually are broadcast live. Last night worked fine. This morning I didn't work good, so I think we might even be uh, on my pass, on, on my actually my Curtis Hutchinson page. And uh, yeah, but we're not supposed to be. Uh, so we'll figure that out, but until then, bear with us, grab your Bibles, let's get into Hebrews chapter 12 today, such a wonderful uh, place in God's Word where we can find His wonderful words of life, light, and liberty to take each step in this journey that we take with Him along the way. Aren't you glad that you're learning, and I know you are if you're following this ministry and other ministries that are determined and learning to be more determined to know nothing other than Christ and Him crucified. Aren't you thankful that you're learning uh, the avenue through which God works, what He's pointing you to, which is His Son, His Son's work on the cross. He always, the Bible says, delivers us unto the death so that we can express the life of Christ. And you're learning that you can only be changed into the glorious image that you're beholding. And God has only given us one glorious image to be made conformable to, and that is the death of His Son. These are very important scriptures that will cause you, if you're looking for truth and really seeking after God to depart from all the, 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 the things that are there distracting you from, from what you should be looking at. Minister, there's a great difference today between ministers as ministers of righteousness and ministers of righteousness. And you need to understand, uh, Paul had a good company one time as he ministered the message of the cross and was determined to know nothing other. But then at the end of Paul's life, he would write to Timothy and tell Timothy, Timothy, you know all of those in Asia have forsaken me. He didn't mean they'd run off and left him. He, he meant they'd run off from his theology, his revelation of the cross, his focus of Calvary. They, they, they all ran off and left that. So I say all that to say this, just because I or you or anyone else has 
ministered the message of the cross as is theologically correct, if we ever start moving away from it, you need to move away from us because the focus of God is the focus of what His Son did for you at Calvary. That, that's what you're to be holding. That's what you are told in this very chapter we're in, 12 of Hebrews, to be looking diligently unto. And when you are not, you will be brought to a place of instability. You, it's, it's you bringing you there because the Lord will never bring you there. It's, 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 it's our own selves uh, looking away from what the Holy Spirit is attempting to deliver us to show us so that we can have the victory and the power from the very place God offers it. And every time we look away from there, my friend, you'll have to admit if you're honest, only when you look away is when you do all the big pieces of stupid that you've ever done. And so uh, the, the, this, these are very important uh, things I'm telling you today. So it's not people we follow. It's the truth. Remember that. Many right now are being led astray because they think they honor men. In all reality, they, they only seek honor for themselves. If they didn't, they'd be bringing the rebuke that needed to be brought and they'd be standing in the truth and, and, and revealing those things that are wrong. And so I'm thankful today to be exactly where I'm at, doing exactly what I'm doing. And, uh, and right now it's with you sharing God's Word. Here in Hebrews chapter 12, let's look in uh, verse number 17 today. And, 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 and you know, he, he's not just really changing directions, all, although the, the, what he began to showing, begin showing these Christian Jews, Jewish Christians, and I hope that you and I can see it today also. And what he, what he begins to do here in verse 17, I mean, I'm sorry, in verse 18, he begins to, after talking about Esau and how he sold his birthright for a bowl of soup, he begins to show the, the Jewish Christians, and again, you and I, I hope, how much more better what we have is now under the new covenant and worth holding on to more than anything you have ever held on to, more than anything you have ever appreciated, more than anything you have ever experienced. The new covenant, what you have now in Christ Jesus is 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 so it has so much value that nothing else in the view of God can compare. Nothing of old for the old is all wrapped up in the new. The Bible says that this covenant we have now in Christ, this new covenant is an everlasting covenant. Now that word everlasting means it had no beginning and it had no ending. It's always been in the mind and the plan of God as a done deal. The lamb was slain before the foundation of the world. 1 Peter 1 and 20, Revelation 13 and 8, and you and I were chosen in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ before the foundation of the world, Ephesians 1 and 4. And you need to know this. What does that mean? You weren't before the foundation of the world. God's talking about the way he sees it, the way he had it planned, and the way it was already carried out before him, before he ever set it in motion, although 
it had to be set in motion. Christ literally had to come and carry out what God saw him already doing before the foundation of the world. You and I had to be born into this world. We had to choose Christ to, to be born again and what he did at Calvary and all those things had to happen but he begins to talk about now the, the how precious what we have now is and back to what I said this this eternal the Bible says this covenant is an everlasting covenant. It, that means all the other covenants that God had with man are all swallowed up in this covenant. All of them pointed to the covenant we have and nothing in all of eternity, nothing in our lives is worth trading what we have in Christ in this new covenant found in his blood. Nothing is worth trading it in, even if it looks like you're about to fall dead and not from starvation. It's better to cling to Christ than to say, I don't care about that. Just give me a bowl of soup. I want you to know that's what's going on in these scriptures right here. You and I need to know that. He's talking about Esau who traded in his birthright because he was hungry. He cared so little. He didn't really care at all about the opportunity he had to carry this birthright in him. Do you care enough? enough about uh, what you've been offered, maybe that you've received in Christ Jesus, that you've been born again. Do you care enough about that to let what he's done for you reign supreme over everything else in your life? That's what he's turning to now. He talked about Esau, the dangers of losing. For you, my Christian friend, the dangers of selling out your birthright for the cares of this world. Uh, the enemies of the cross. The Bible says that their God is their own bellies. Just like Esau would rather eat natural food than, than stand for who he could have been, what he could have represented. Come on now, Christian. Do, do, you care more, do you care more about eating and what you wear? The Bible, Jesus taught, that's not even life itself. He says, is, not, is life not more than what you eat and drink? And as we brought out in the last session, this is uh, the picture of Esau is really a picture of him choosing mammon over serving God because God can't be served unless you're born again and you become a servant of righteousness, Romans 6, 17, and 18, and all the way through 19. And, and, I, and I posted on social media something this morning that is beyond profound but yet very true, and it's rare to even find a Christian who knows anything about it. But do you know you cannot serve God if you don't know how to live without the power of the sin nature dominating you because those are one and two of the, they're the same thing. If I don't know how to live in victory over the sin nature, if I don't know how the cross of Christ pertains to my daily living, I can't serve God. I can't serve God. I serve God in the avenue 
that I was made a servant of God by believing upon the Lord Jesus Christ and what he did for me at Calvary. Nothing's changed. Now I have the whole Bible, the Word of God, to point me to the one, to express the one, reveal the one who is the living Word and what he did as the Lamb of God for me on Calvary's cross. And, And so we need to know these things. All those years that I didn't know how to live in victory over the sin nature, means that I wasn't serving righteousness because when I'm serving righteousness through faith in that form of doctrine that saved me, that made me a servant of righteousness, I'm living in victory over the sin nature. But if I don't know that, I can't even serve God. In all my doing, it was nothing more than doing because I can't serve God unless I'm serving Him in righteousness. Obedient unto righteousness. And that means faith in the cross. Simple faith in the cross. That is a profound truth that many do not know and that most will reject because their faith is in what they're doing. Well, we did and I did and all that. It doesn't matter what you do. It only matters what the Lord by His Spirit is doing. and He only works in truth. Psalms 33, 4, Romans 8, 2. He only works in truth. He only works in truth. And truth is the Lord Jesus Christ. And He said when you know that truth, that means who He is, that you will also be made free. Well, there's no freedom without faith in the sacrifice. You can have faith in Jesus all day long, but if it's not in what he did at Calvary, my friend, you're on dangerous ground and you're not serving God. That's what Romans chapter 6 reveals. It's been powerfully preached over the last 25 years and it will not stop on my watch. Hallelujah. It will be at the forefront because how, how can we be ministers of righteousness if we're not preaching the cross which is the only object of focus and faith, dependence and trust that can be in my heart and allow me to serve God. Because if that's not what I'm serving God through, I'm not serving God. And it's just a, a, a great truth, but very frightening to see what's going on in the body of Christ. And so we come to this, this portion of Scripture, and he, he doesn't change directions. His thrust is still straight ahead in what he's trying to say. And he's trying to say now that what you've got now, anything in the past can't hold a candle to. The Lord has been showing me that even the stories like Mount Carmel and Elijah on that mountain that that we hear preachers tell the story and it makes the hairs move on our arms. It's so touching. Well, I got news for you, my friend. What God did in Christ on Calvary's cross that kindled that fire, that made the fire of God fall on that sacrifice shines more in our hearts and gives more of an experience than than all of that natural view that those people had that day. All those old covenant stories, they're all swallowed up in the blood of Jesus, that which has brought the everlasting covenant into a manifestation and a view for us to see. Hallelujah. We need to look at and believe and to tell the old covenant stories. But listen, they can't hold a candle 
until the light showed up there. It was all types and shadows. And listen, my friends, until Christ showed up, none of that could even be revealed as what it fully meant. Uh, that's why we can't throw out the old scriptures. But here in verse 18, he begins to describe what Christians have now come to, what you now have, unlike. And that's what he does here. Listen, unlike the old. Unlike the old. So let's look at it today and see what he's saying here to, to keep the thrust going the same way. You don't want to let go of what you've got. You don't want to sell out like Esau did. You want to keep looking diligently unto Jesus Christ, the author and the finisher of your faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. You want to keep looking diligently lest you fail of the grace of God and a root of bitterness spring up in you and many be defiled by that. You need to keep looking diligently at who Christ is and what he's done for you at Calvary so that you can see more of the benefit that you have now unlike anything they ever had before. Let's just read a verse back in Hebrews chapter 8 verse 6 before we move in to help us along here today. And it says, But now has he obtained, Jesus, a more excellent ministry, a ministry that excels more. Now, that's what word excellent means. It excels. It, it, it carries us further. It excels us more by how much also he is the mediator of a better covenant so much better than anything you could ever read about in the old because it all pointed to that which would be better, a better covenant which was established upon better promises. Hallelujah. And we won't get into all that today, but that's exactly what he's doing here. He's showing that Jewish Christians, and let me say it again, I hope you and me, what we have that's so much better than what his people had under the law and all of that and the warning remains with the same thrust and the same focus. You've got to look diligently. You've got to keep looking diligently. If you look away from Christ, you begin to be carried away. When you look away from Christ, you begin to be carried away. No, not by false prophets. They're involved, but through the lust of our own flesh. You've got to know that, my friend. When you look, every moment you look away from Christ uh, and you're not depending upon Him from your heart, uh, then, then there's a door. The, to the degree you're not looking and trusting at Christ, to that same degree, do doors are open for the enemy to snatch a hold of you and do things to you for your own sinful flesh to carry you into places that you will not like when you feel the chains wrapped around you. Oh, at first, it feels good. The pleasures of seeing are there. But then you awaken one day to the reality that you're chained and you have no power to escape. And if you don't ever look back at Calvary, you never will. Because what Jesus did at the cross is the only thing that can allow us to escape from all chains of bondage or to avoid all the chains of bondage. Hallelujah to the Lamb. So watch this as he begins to explain 
to us how much better we have it now than they did then. Verse 18, for you, unlike them, and that's the thought here, you, unlike them of old, are not coming to the mount that might be touched and that burned with fire, nor unto blackness and darkness and tempest and the sound of a trumpet and the voice of words, which voice that they which voice they that heard entreated that the word should not be spoken to them anymore. See, that ain't the way it is for us now. And watch and you'll see the, the profound things here. That's not what we experience now because we have it so much better now because of Christ. Watch this. Verse 20, for they could not endure. You and I can endure. They could not endure that which was commanded. And if so much as a beast touched the mountain, it shall be stoned or thrust through with a dart. How horrible and scary and frightful and terrifying. That was under the law, a ministry of condemnation and death and much, much horror there. That's what he's saying. Man, you got it so much better now. now listen, you hadn't got it so much better that you can just put it on. Now you can just do what you want to. No, he's saying guard your heart here. This chapter proves that grace doesn't give you the right to just live in sin and that you've just got a ticket no matter what. This chapter tells us that Esau was the man in line. Esau had a birthright but he threw it away for the cares of this world for what was more important to his physical being. Jesus taught the same thing. They ain't but two options to serve, mammon or God. Romans 6, 16 teaches the same thing. Uh, uh, sin nature unto death or obedience unto righteousness. There's not two. And whichever one we choose to cling to, we're despising the other. Doesn't matter. If you choose to go the way of the, the, the sin nature, which is even if it's in ignorance, faith in anything other than the cross, then you're despising. That's why when somebody talks about the cross all the time, Christians don't want to listen it, to it because, the, well, we, we know that's true. We believe, but but we, we, God's doing a new... No, they're despising that because they're clinging to something else. And the more they cling to it, the more they love it. And then whatever they're loving, they're hating whatever the other is. And again, there's only two avenues. There's not three or four. There's not two. There, there, there's only two. There's not three. There's not a third. There's only two. There's only two avenues to serve. That's it. Jesus taught it, Matthew 6, 24, uh, uh, Romans 6, 16. There's only two, and we choose every moment of the day, we make a conscious decision of what we're going to be thinking about. I mean, really, we don't make a conscious decision of what we're going to be thinking about because sometimes thoughts are just there. Can I get a witness? But you have to make a conscious decision what you're going to do with that thought. If you're going to grab a hold of it and take it captive to the, the obedience of Christ, the obedience unto righteousness, meaning faith in His sacrifice, his pardon and his union 
with you there in death, or if you're going to let that thought take you captive and carry you off out into something other than what you would really want to be a part of as a child of God. And so he's trying to get us to see here, you can throw it away. You can throw it away. And if you're not looking diligently at the cross, you already are in the process. You, these people who go to church and they never hear the word in the context of Calvary, and I'm not talking about how the word just relates to Jesus and what he did there, but how it relates to Jesus and what he did there and how that relates, his work there at Calvary relates to you every moment of your life. Not just your pardon that got you in the kingdom, but the power that he's trying you every moment to see if you will receive, continually receive, to walk in the truth, to run the race that was set before you. The power he gave you to be able to present your body a living sacrifice every moment of your life. The power he gave you to Look unto him to, to call on the power he gave you and offers you moment by moment. Job chapter 7 verse 18 says, Our God tries us every moment. Are you aware of his trying you every moment? Come on now, somebody. There's a great move of God taking place right now, just like it was when Jesus was on the earth. But it was not in the multitudes. It was not in the big religious organizations. It was among that little band of few that recognized Jesus as Savior and was sent to this world to be the Savior of the world. It's the same today. There's only a few that are walking with the Lord because you can only walk with Him in the light He walks in and the light He walks in is the light of His righteousness which means what He did at Calvary. Hallelujah. So look here now. And let's read verse 20 again. And they could not, they... Won't you, you got so much better promises, better covenant than they, they could not endure that which was commanded. And if so much as a beast touched the mountain, it shall be stoned or thrust through with a dart. And so terrible was the sight that Moses, the one who talked with God face to face, the one who God used greatly in beyond human imagination, actually to be used as Moses was, was beyond imagination until Jesus showed up and showed uh, something that would even astound us more greatly. But Moses, the Bible says, so terrible was the sight that they had to see that even Moses said, I exceedingly fear and quake. But look at verse 22. But you, you, you're not where they were. You don't have what they have. But you have come unto Mount Zion and unto the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem. That, you've come to the heavenly Jerusalem, that new Jerusalem, that one day you will be there and it will come down to this earth 1,500 miles long, 1,500 miles wide, 1,500 miles high. Do you not know that when the new Jerusalem comes down from heaven, you will be in it? You've already come to it. You're already a part of it. Hallelujah. Watch now. But you, but you, child of God, 
Not they under the old, but you under the new through faith in the blood of Jesus. The only place the covenant can be found and experienced. And saying that, Psalms 25, 14, you need to write it down. You need to highlight it in your Bibles and ask the Lord to highlight it in your heart. That the secret of the Lord is with them that fear him and he shows them his covenant. His covenant can't be seen or experienced except in the blood of Jesus. That's the only place it is. The word of God that reveals all the blessings can't make it to us without our faith being in that which is where all the promises of God are located. Where are they? Yes and amen. In Christ Jesus, meaning in his death, in his blood. Unless my faith is consciously in the death of Jesus, I'm pretending, I'm assuming, I'm calling this God and that God and all. Listen, Mormons are calling this and that God. Jehovah's Witness are calling this and that God. Islam is calling God... God ain't doing nothing outside the new covenant. You better know that. If you start thinking he is, you're going to be greatly disappointed one day and you might even become bitter and and angry and many be defiled through you. How many Christians today are bitter and angry because God didn't do things the way they thought he should because they're not looking diligently unto Jesus? They're not looking diligently to the place, the only place where they won't fail from grace and be, and, and be troubled by a root of bitterness. How many Christians, maybe you are listening to me, and, and, and you're disappointed in what God is or is not doing. And you, you, Listen, God didn't give us His Spirit to carry out our will. He gave us His Spirit to carry out His will through faith in His Son by His Spirit to see His perfect Word carried out. He's the only one that can perform Perform his word, not you and me. He has to perform his word by his spirit to carry out his will for his kingdom purposes. And we're so privileged to be a part, just a part of it, involved in it. We get so carelessly prideful and arrogant thinking that we can command God and tell God what to do instead of us humbly just denying that selfish thing and taking up the cross to be able to keep our footsteps following in His. Psalms 85, 13. Righteousness has gone before Him and He has set us in His steps, in His steps of righteousness. You need to know these things, my friend. You need to know and be listening to sound doctrine. The only thing that makes doctrine sound is the context of that form of doctrine that made you sound with your God. Hallelujah. So watch this now. Verse 21. And so terrible was the sight that Moses said, I exceedingly fear and quake. But you are come to Mount Sion and unto the city of the living God. You've already come to the city of the living God. You're in it right now even though you're here. You're in Christ Jesus seated at the right hand of your heavenly Father in this place 
called the heavenly Jerusalem and to an uncountable, innumerable company of angels. You can, all, angels everywhere. You can't count them all. There's so many. Watch verse 23. To the general assembly and church of the firstborn, Jesus Christ, which are written in heaven, and we've come to God, the judge of all. We've come to him. We've come to the spirits. This where we have concluded. It's where we've arrived. Oh, we've not arrived there completely. We are there. We've come to this place uh, and to the spirits of just men made perfect. That's where we've come to in God's mind and His plan. We're already there. We're already home. But we've got to run this race that was set before us to, to find our place literally completely finished there in experience. Hallelujah. Let me say it again today and uh, that you need to hear this. You're seated in heavenly places. You are not seated here. You are not seated here, my friend. There is a race before you to be ran so you can cross that finish line and reach that place that you'll find you've been seated with your king from before the foundation of the world, just like he was crucified and slain before the foundation of the world, but he had to come and run his race and win the race for you and me, and he is now seated at the right hand of the Father, and you've got to run this race race of victory he provided for you at Calvary. And when you cross that finish line, my friend, you're going to see that you've been seated there with him as long as he's been seated there. Oh, how beautiful is the truths of our Savior if you'll look only through what he did at Calvary. Watch this now. Watch this now, and we're going to have to stop here because I want to start right here in verse 24 next time we get together. And I pray Jesus comes for us before we get into the Word again next time. But watch this, uh, that we've come to, verse 24, to Jesus. We've come to all these things, but it's only because we've come to Jesus. And He is the mediator. There's not another one. Jesus is the mediator of the new covenant. He's not mediating anything of the old. All the old has been done away with. You better hear me. All the old has been pushed aside. He won't even show up and save Israel one day based on the old covenant. He will show up and save them on the blood he shed as the new covenant because only in him has he made of the two, Jew and Gentile, one new man, the Bible says. Hallelujah. So watch this now. We've come to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant that Jesus said is in his blood, Luke 22, and to the blood of sprinkling, the blood of cleansing that speaks. Mm, somebody needs to hear this. Most preachers don't have a clue. They don't have a clue, and I'm not being ugly. I'm not judging. I, I am judging righteous judgment, but I'm not condemning anybody. I'm telling you what I know to be true. If the, Listen, if we knew that it was the blood of Jesus that God speaks through, we'd be preaching the cross of Christ. It would be attached to every message, every teaching session. It would be 
our pointing would be the hand of the Lord using us to point to the only thing he's pointing at, which is his son in whom he's well pleased because of what he came to do and that pleased our heavenly father to bruise him and to wound him that through that door, comes everything you'll ever need to be, everything you'll ever need to do by His Spirit, and everything you'll ever need to be and experience only comes through that door. But not just because you came through that door. Your faith has to remain there and there alone. Your ears have to hear the Word of God through the avenue through which He speaks. Let's read it again. I'll go two or three more minutes. I don't know how long we've been going, but it really don't matter, I don't guess, does it? Hallelujah. Watch now. Verse 24 here in Hebrews 12. And to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of cleansing, because it's the only place he ministers. It's the only place he ministers. The new covenant benefits as the mediator is through what he did on the cross. He, won't, he, he doesn't minister outside of that avenue. You need to know that. Get this, though. And to the blood of cleansing that speaks better things than that of Abel. And we'll get into this in our next session, and you don't want to miss it. And I pray God has encouraged you and, 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 and just lightened up the Word of God to your heart today and, and has drawn you closer. You see, the only way you can be drawn to God is through faith in the blood. Ephesians 2.13 tells us that. He brought us near by the blood and he, he can only keep us near when we're trusting in the death of Jesus, the blood of Jesus. You, listen, you're not near in your experience, in your condition here unless you're trusting in the blood, the death of Jesus. You're union. I'm not talking about for your pardon. You've been pardoned. Israel was the people of God. Hear me today. Israel was the people of God when they went into Egypt. He had to go and show them the power of God would be the blood on the doorpost to get them out out of Egypt. They were already his people. You, uh, listen, we, we preach to the lost uh, that they can be pardoned of their sin, forgiven of their sins, but we preach to the church that he is offering you power through that same sacrifice that you have to have a conscious faith in, your trust in. You must deny self. It wants to trust in everything other than what Jesus did. And as long as you allow self to guide you and lead you and you and you're being led by your heart they tell you instead of the Holy Spirit who always delivers you unto death 2 Corinthians 4:11 so that you might express the life that comes only out of the death he's delivering you to oh my goodness the church some of the church is waking up and I pray if the Lord tarries that more and more will and they won't have to be ashamed when he comes for us they they won't have to be ashamed that they have been found naked as the church in, in Revelation found naked before God because they weren't 
wearing the robe they were given at salvation, that robe of righteousness. So we're going to have to stop right here. You know we could keep going all day because the good news is everlasting and the conversation is without end and we'll experience that for all eternity, the goodness of our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ and what He's done for us because He loves us. <coughs> there is a revival taking place now in the land. There is a revival taking place now. You won't have it by bringing in a, a special speaker unless that special speaker brings in the message that brings life. And that's only one message, my friend. It's from Genesis to Revelation, but it's only found in the blood of Jesus. We live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God if our faith is in that where the life comes from. Life's found in the blood, my friend. New covenants found in the blood. Those scriptures alone let us know that every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God is going to point you straight to Calvary where the blood was shed. And if it don't, you're using God's word for your own vain, selfish, carnal pleasure and it's not going to work out for you. You're going to stay dissatisfied, confused. And there's always going to be that, I just can't put my finger on it. I just don't, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. But you're trapped in that. But when you turn your heart back to Calvary like you did when you were born again, then, then all that, oh, I see now. Oh, I see now. Oh, I feel like I'm born again all over again. Why? Because the fire of God is only kindled on Calvary's cross. The only place it flows from, the only place it lights the path from is the cross. So you need to hear these things. So don't forget in the morning... Cross time with Pastor Curtis, 9 a.m. Central. We'll be back in 1 Peter. Looking forward to being with you tomorrow. And we just praise God for an opportunity just to keep our minds stayed on the Lord, focused on who our Jesus is and what he did at Calvary, and learn all of God's words in their righteous context that he said they were spoken in Proverbs 8 and 8 and reveal to us in the gospel. God bless you. I love you. If the Lord stirs your heart to be a blessing to this ministry, you pray for us. I hope you would. And if he stirs your heart to give financially to him, a blessing and offering to him, you can do it through this ministry at thecrosswaychurch.com or you can simply text the word give to the number 903-231-5950. And I pray God bless you today richly, more richly than you've ever known. And I believe he desires to. Be aware that he's trying you every moment. Until I see you next time, stay determined to know absolutely nothing but Christ and him crucified. We'll see you then.